Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Let's continue. Yud, chapter 10, verse 11. Will the snake bite without the charmer or a whisper? And there is no advantage for the one who is a master of the tongue. You saw that used to describe someone who speaks maliciously, slander, or an informer. Let's look at the Talumus Chachma again. Imisho Hanochash below Lachash. Mashanach Nuroim, that which we see. Nochash Hanoshech Hazdikim. The snake biting the righteous. Oma Azem Ashamal Malach. King Solomon here is describing what he said prior. Shiraos Sarim, that he saw princes. Hainot Hazdikim, that is a reference to the righteous. Going like slaves. This is the distortion of what should be that is the consequence of exile. That was in verse 7. I've seen the slaves on horses going mightily. And the princes going like slaves on the land, on the ground. So here is a similar idea on that theme of the righteous being bitten by the snake. Along these lines, the same rationale applies to the snake biting the righteous. This is because there was no charm. Because the fallout, the vicious cycle, if you will, of the exile, you do not have the wise ones of the generation issuing the whispers, the charm of the wicked, the snake, to hold him back, to restrain himself. So the impulse towards wickedness should be held back by the exhortations of the wise, if that's not happening, so we have this fallout consequence of the nachash, the snake, the embodiment of wickedness, biting the righteous. And this is similar to what the Talmud tells us, that Jerusalem was only destroyed because they did not properly rebuke one another. So the rebuke is an internal mechanism to ensure that we're on the right path and not sinking into evil. And people have their own blind spots. It's important to be open to rebuke. If there's a lack of rebuke, so things can devolve quite quickly towards wickedness. And in the exile, it is even more common that we have the Chachamim being downtrodden, as we saw previously, walking on the ground like a slave, as opposed to riding high on the horse as a as a, a perspective of wh- what role they play in society is deeply marginalized, 
And unfortunately, that leads to a reinforcement of the problem, which in turn causes greater affliction for the tzaddikim. They're bit by the snake that they have not held back. The Ein Yisrael Nabal Loshan, and there is no advantage for the master of the tongue, Kiloma Nabal Loshan, Asher Hayelo the master of the tongue that was gifted with the opportunity to rebuke, but he did not issue the rebuke. In spite of his gifts, because he didn't utilize them, so he is no way better than the sinners in their deeds, and he is punished like them. That's a different Gemara in Shabbos, that the righteous in Jerusalem who did not rebuke were subject to a similar punishment as the wicked in the destruction of Jerusalem. And the, the Gemara brings a devastating back and forth that the defense of these righteous was that the wicked weren't going to listen. So if they weren't going to listen, why are the righteous being held to the same standard and deserving of punishment like the wicked, it wouldn't have made a difference. But the attribute of judgment says this was revealed before God. It was not revealed before man. And there was a need to try. So the the consequence, unless one is in fact quite certain, but if there is any element of potential to try and, and issue an exhortation towards return, towards teshuva. So if one holds back from that, when they have that potential, that is, is a very severe sin that is put in the same boat with those that engage in the, in the more flagrant sins and will suffer similar punishments. And therefore this person is considered by God, blessed be he, as though he has sinned with them, like them. He Because he is complicit in their sin. They sinned and stumbled because they didn't hear a dissenting voice saying that this is the wrong thing to do. The Gemara tells us, this verse, in the future, in the future, all of the beasts will gather, gather around the snake. They will say to him, the lion tears at its prey and eats. The wolf pounces, rips apart and eats. But you, the snake, what benefit do you have with your bite? And he will respond, the snake will respond to the other beasts. What advantage is there? What gain for the one who uses his tongue wickedly? He lashes out at his victim and doesn't eat. He doesn't gain. He just knocks down the other. So look over there in the Gemara. The intention, says the Tulumus Chachma, of this parable. Behold, if it would be that the Jewish people were worthy, there 
Hamazik If the Jewish people were worthy, there would not be any element of destructiveness in the world. And this will, in fact, be the reality of the Messianic era. As it says in Isaiah, that you will have a, a youngster playing by the, the lair of the adder. You're going to have what would normally be considered a very dangerous place to be. And a child could play there. There will not be any harmful creatures that, that inflict on others any type of suffering. And that is because the Jewish people will be in a state of goodness that would preclude such things from happening. And similarly, it's stated over there, uh, just, just to give a, a small anecdote in the Talmud that supports this idea, the, the Gemara mentions about one of the sages of the Talmud that within his small uh, area, like a, I think it was three mil or something, something nearby in his neighborhood, in his neighborhood there was some attack, some creature, I don't know if it was a, a lion, attacked somebody, mauled somebody, and because of that, he did not receive a visitation from Elijah the prophet. He, he, was, he was put on notice, so to speak, that such a thing happened in, in his backyard, as it were. I mean, if he was as righteous as he should have been, then it should have had an impact to prevent that kind of harm. So, if that happened, so he he's not blacklisted entirely, but partially held at bay from what he otherwise would have merited to have. And that is on a, on a microcosm, but here on a broader sense, that the Jewish people as a whole are doing in accordance with the Torah. So then, you won't have damaging damagers in the world. What is it? It is our sins that draw forth the forces of impurity to the land, to the earth. And from this derives the forces that cause harm and damage. And this is presented as a parable. The types of damagers that are a manifestation of desire. Like the lion. The lion pounces and rips at its prey and consumes. It's a fulfillment of his desire. This is a reflection of sin. Sin is performed as an act of passion. But what is unique over here is the snake. It causes harm. It is a damager. It is this manifestation of harm coming forth from sins, but yet it is not an act of passion. So that was the question that the other beasts are asking. How does this fit in with these spiritual interactions that yield this manifestation of harm? It is a damager, but there's no, no seemingly passion involved in sin that should cause this. Yesh, Lisho, and therefore the snake's answer, right, that we see, says, you're right. Does the one who commits the sin of Lashon Harav, an e evil tongue, does he gain anything? No, he just knocks down, he doesn't gain. So that type of sin yields this type of manifestation of punishment, of, of damaging. 
יש לשאול יוסר מכל חיוס, המזיקים, מה הסייח סופי של האחותים שנאנושים דרך טבע? There's room for this question. על זה אמר, and therefore the response is, הסייח סופי מזיק זה, הוא בסביבה סוף נהר. This type of damage is the result of the sinful evil speech. שהחיית זה גם כן נעשה בלא טבע. This sin is perpetrated without desire. And that too is the intention of the verse, our verse. If there shall be a bite. Would it be that the snake would bite without the whisper? We saw in the Medrash that it only bites because there's a whisper for it to do so. Without sin. And Lashnahar itself is called a whisper. That is the classic motif of Lashnahar in, in a quiet, behind-the-scenes type situation, got some juicy, uh, you know, uh, slander for you. So that's, that is the, the whispers of Lashon Hara. K'mosha Omer Shas, like the Gemara says in Erech and Tezayin, Yovo Dova Anase Bilachash V'chaper Amaisalachash. Concerning the temple service, it says, a matter that is done in the state of silence should come and atone for the deed that is perpetrated in silence. Ma Yisrael the Baal that's referring to the incense. The incense is meant to be done in a, sen- in, in a process of silence. So that, that is uh, an atonement. Ma Yisrael the Baal Lashem, Omar Hishtiachsa Sheish Lachet Lashon Hara, Hu Ki Ma Yisrael, She'ena Noa the Baal Lashem, Kemo She'ena Noa Lenochosh Nishichasa. And there is no no, uh, nothing additional, meaning it is parallel, that just as this, the sinner sins with his tongue without gaining anything, he's just knocked down the other through his, his vicious tongue, and nonetheless he did that sin, so too when a snake bites without gaining anything, that is the uh, manifestation of how the, the forces of impurity are, are manifested in a damaging way in the world, as a result of this type of sin.